Welcome to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Each weekday, Dr. Crisp will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Crisp. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is the 365 Bible Reading Plan. Today is July the 12th, and our passage for today is the book of Micah, chapter 5. Micah, who is like God? That's what his name means. More specifically, who is like Yah? Who is like Yahweh? Who is like Hashem? And of course, the answer is no one. Because Micah had experienced God personally. He grew up during the days as a contemporary of Isaiah, the prophet, the great court prophet of the kings, the Billy Graham of his day. But unlike Isaiah, Micah, Micah as we call him, was in the lowlands around the country of what was formerly the Philistines. I've been to his hometown in the area there in the land of Israel, and it's a beautiful place altogether, but it's different than Jerusalem. It was the common people, and Isaiah and Micah prophesied of the judgment that was coming, of how the people could postpone the judgment of God, and indeed they did through the prophet Isaiah and his instruction and his advice and his counsel to godly king Hezekiah. Judgment was avoided for over a hundred years, and what a blessing it was that Hezekiah listened to the words of Isaiah. But as you read through the prophet Micah, you will see over and over again God's warning about the coming judgment and how the Assyrians, who were the nemesis of the northern kingdom, and eventually God used them to judge Israel in the north, the ten tribes to the north, as in 722 B.C., during the days of Isaiah and Micah, you had the destruction of the northern kingdom as it was decimated, and only about a tenth was left behind and 90% scattered all over the Assyrian empire. And that is where the Samaritans came from, because people were brought in from around the Assyrian kingdom, and uh, they interbred and uh, formed their own culture and their own DNA, known as the Samaritans of the New Testament, some 700 years after that decimation in 722. But now Micah is saying that the people needed to understand that the temple, that it was the most sacred piece of real estate in all the earth, that's right, Mount Moriah, where the temple was built, that even that could not save them if they did not repent, because it is not so much that it was land that was sacred in itself. It was sacred because of the God who made it sacred. We don't worship a place, neither do those that were God followers during the days of Isaiah and Micah, but the God of the place. Even though it's sacred, no place can deliver. Only God can do that. But our passage for today is Micah chapter 5. And the reason that I wanted to have you read this particular passage is because of the reference to Bethlehem and its tie to the Davidic kingdom. 
You see, Micah was from the south, so was Isaiah. And the southern kingdom, unlike the northern kingdom, had stayed true to the dynasty of David and the Judaic kings. And it was the promise that God gave through Micah in chapter 5 about the coming Messiah and where he would be born that tied, like no other prophecy, the Messiah to King David. Here's what it says in chapter 5 and verse 1. Now gather yourself in troops, O daughter of troops. He has laid siege against you. They will strike the judge of Israel with a rod on the cheek. Now listen to verse 2. But you, Bethlehem, that is the house of bread, that's what Bethlehem means. But you, Bethlehem, Ephratah, Though you are little, small, among the thousands of Judah, of all the places where Messiah could be born, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be the ruler in Israel, whose goings forth are from old, from everlasting. What an incredible promise. What Micah has just said was the Messiah will be born in Bethlehem. He will come. His origins will be from Bethlehem. Now, why would that be? Remember, to whom was he speaking? He was speaking to the people of Judah. Bethlehem was a sacred place to those of the household of Judah. Why is that? Because that is where the ancestry of David came from, and King David himself was born in Bethlehem, and the one who would be the king of kings that would come from his loins would be born in Bethlehem as well. If you'll recall, all the way back in the book of Ruth, yes, that little book, that's the connector between the time of the judges and the close of the book of Judges, to that next great period in Israel's history, which begins with the birth of the prophet Samuel. And uh, we have the books of 1st and 2nd Samuel, 1st and 2nd Kings, 1st and 2nd Chronicles. But the connector to that, the link between the judges and the kings, is the book of Ruth. And that's why it was written. And when we come to the end of the book of Ruth, you have Boaz and Ruth, a a Moabitess, a stranger, a foreigner, an alien, not a Jew, being brought into the lineage of Messiah, of not only King David, but to the one who would be the king of kings, who would be the root of David, yet the offspring of David. That's a miraculous statement in itself that is talked about in the last chapter of the book of Revelation. But in Ruth chapter 4, it says, So Boaz took Ruth, and she became his wife. And when he went into her, that is, they had sexual relations as a husband and wife, the Lord gave her conception, and she bore a son. Then the women said to Naomi, that was her mother-in-law, Blessed be Yah. Hashem, the Lord, who has not left you this day without a close relative, a Goel, a kinsman redeemer, and may his name be famous in Israel, and may he be to you a restorer of life, because she had lost her husband, she had lost, that is Naomi, her children, her two sons, and may he be a restorer of life and a nourisher of your old age. 
For your daughter-in-law who loves you, who is better to you than seven sons, has borne him. Then Naomi took the child and laid him on her bosom, and she became a nurse to him. In other words, she nursed this child. The people were all saying, the neighbor women all came around and were saying, there is a son born to Naomi. And they called his name Obed, the very same name of Obadiah. He is the father of Jesse, that is Obed is, and the father of David. And so that was the genealogy of how David came into being. And so that ties together this area of Bethlehem where Boaz had all of his property, where he brought in Ruth as his wife. That was the homestead of King David, his father Jesse, his father Obed, and his father Boaz. And so now Micah is talking about a time when a distant relative of David We know him as Jesus of Nazareth. Why? Because he grew up in Nazareth. Now, because he grew up in Nazareth, the scribes and Pharisees and the priests believed even until the day of his death that he could not be the Messiah because they could read the prophecy of Micah, which said that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. And they even use this in the gospel accounts to prove that Jesus was not the Messiah because the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. You see how ignorant they were of who Jesus really was and where he came from and how he lived. They didn't want to know because they could not accept that he was the Messiah. But the reality is that God was up to something. He was going to allow the Messiah the son of David, to be born hundreds of years down the road in the same city that David would have been born a thousand years before. And so this is what Micah was predicting. And it came true, just like everything else that Micah predicted. Many times when you read through the book of Micah, you will say, I've heard that somewhere. And the reason you would say that is if you've read through the Bible, you would know that many of the same phrases that Isaiah the prophet used, who was a contemporary of Micah, and Micah, they used their same phrases interchangeably. Now, I don't think they were trying to be copycat from each other, but they certainly knew of each other and of others that would be speaking the same words that they are. It was not plagiarism. It was not copycatting. It was just the same message to the same people in the same time period, but to a different set of people as far as some were in the rural countryside and others were in the palace. And so as you read through the book of Micah, just remember that God knows exactly where everybody's going to be born. He knows where everybody's going to die. He knows what's going to happen in their lives. Why? Because God is the God of eternity, and He knows everything. He is omniscient, and He has our lives in the palm of His hand. And He knew exactly where Messiah was going to be born. He knew exactly where Messiah was going to die. Now, this ought to give you and I comfort simply because God knows us, He sees us, and God cares about us. Thank you, Micah, for reminding us that God is in control. For On The Way, this is Tony Crisp. 
Thanks for listening to On The Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at TonyCrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at TonyCrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.